Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. I told Beth the other day we need a bingo card where it's like Cheney, Gingrich, Watergate. And so when you line all three up, you get a bingo because I feel like these three are always at the center of something. So basically when Gingrich came in to power with the contract for America, he made a lot of changes that really concentrated power in the speakership. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Friday, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pantsuit Politics today in Washington, D.C. at the historic Metropolitan AME Church. We are having the Seismic Shift event with Swanee Hunt Alternatives. Doors open at 3 o'clock. Come meet us at 3. We're going to be hanging out, chatting with people also as a very special bonus. Thank you to Thomas Nelson, our publisher, for getting us a few copies of our book before its publication is actually happening. So if you come at three, we will have books. We will sign the books. We're super excited about this. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about the entire event. I think we're going to have some really great conversations about parity in government, what it takes to get more women in government, covering women in government in the media. It's going to be really awesome. And it's come and go, so you don't have to stay from 4 to 7, just FYI. You're going to want to stay from 4 to 7, but you don't have to. And definitely (laughs) come later if you can. So we would love to meet you. Connecting with people in person is one of the most fun things we get to do. So come on out. Some changes have been made to the Women's March actual scheduling because our government is still shut down. And we just want to acknowledge that. We don't want it to become a normal thing that the government is shut down. So here we are. We're going to do a little lightning round of a shutdown adjacent topic and a few other things that have come up. And then after a short break, we will come back and do our first policy introduction. Five things you need to know about committees in the House of Representatives. So first up, we wanted to talk about Speaker Pelosi's letter to the president suggesting either a postponement of the State of the Union or my favorite, to submit it in writing. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's very serious. But man, I love that part. I just felt like that was just, if you, even supporters of the president, don't lie and say you wouldn't take a break from hearing him give a speech, especially from a teleprompter, and just maybe read it in writing. That's all I'm saying. I understand that this is a political move, but as I shared on the Nightly Nuance this week about this topic in detail, I think the security concerns are real. Mm-hmm. And I think the the optics of doing this when we aren't paying our military, for example, are terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think that yep. she's right, that this is the right move given where we are. I mean, so much of the Secret Service is working without pay. I don't want the security of, oh, I don't know, our entire government except for one cabinet member gets to stay home being run when the government shut down. I think that's a t- – I think she's – pragmatically, she's right. Now, does it have political bonuses? Yes, it does. But I do think the security concerns are legit. I think in the respect for our federal personnel, we should not have a president standing up telling the nation how awesome we're doing when we have all these federal workers who aren't being paid and many of whom are being asked to work without pay. Also, if you're him, don't you want to kind of I would want to take the pass. I don't want to do a state of the union in the middle of a government shutdown. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. on to the next topic, because this is a lightning round. Many of you have tweeted and emailed us about Rand Paul, our senator from Kentucky, having surgery in Canada. Your thoughts, Sarah? Talk about bad optics. Listen, do I believe this hospital is really good at this particular hernia surgery? Yeah. Do I feel like there are hospitals also in the United States who are really good at this hernia surgery? Yes. Do I believe they probably cost a lot more? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So I think that he can he can spin this any way he wants, but it looks very bad. I agree. I mean, I want Rian Paul's back to be taken care of well. And I don't have any problem with people choosing where they get their health care. I'm all for that. This was just a conversation that someone needed to have to say, let's think there's through. And mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's arrogant to do this. Yep. He has that problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a streak yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Let's talk about the Gillette commercial next, which I asked my husband yesterday if he had seen. I just wanted to get his reaction because I know that the phrase toxic masculinity really bristles my husband. And so he said, yeah, I don't don't like that. But like the specific examples are fine. Like love the dad breaking up the two kids and saying this isn't how we treat each other. He just doesn't like that phrase. And so I told him, thank you, Bryn, for introducing me to this term, that he was being a bro flake. And he admitted that that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, bro, flake. I know my favorite hot take was the Twitter that was like, advertisers to women, be perfect, be hairless, look natural, look flawless, like this long list of things. We're told in a daily 
daily basis from particularly beauty advertisements, and the women are like, okay. And the male advertisers to male, don't be a jerk. What? How dare you tell me what to do? I absolutely love the commercial. I cried as a mother of three boys. I want every man on earth to listen. I don't care who's talking when they say more men have to stand up and do the right thing and fight back against a toxic masculine culture. That does not mean all masculinity is toxic. It means there is a particular brand of masculinity that is. And I don't know why everybody's got to be so sensitive about it. Of course, it's bad. Why? I mean, telling men they have to be strong all the time and that they don't have a right to feel sad or have emotions or have somebody, oh, I don't know, stop kicking their butt is problematic for why. I'm so confused. To your point, I understand that to a lot of men, this felt very heavy handed. But look at the way women are advertised to. Even as we're learning to do better, our ads are still heavy handed. It's not only be flawless and beautiful. It's also be super strong, be an athlete, be a leader, Mm -hmm. you know, take on the world in every possible way. Every single little girl now needs to grow up to be Rey in Star Wars. And that's an improvement. Yes, but it is still a very heavy handed message. And so. Welcome to the couch, guys. That's what? I mean, and, and I and I think the first commercial to really grapple with the fact that men need to be commercially depicted in different ways needed to kind of announce that so that yeah. others could follow suit in more subtle ways. Can I just say too, coming off our conversation about abortion laws that suggest that women need to hear heartbeats and be counseled through ultrasounds and be given all this information, I really, really don't want to hear from men how a razor commercial is heavy-handed. Well, that is an excellent point. And on a much lighter note, we're going to end (laughs) this lightning round with a conversation about hamburgers. Okay, I just this is what I said to my husband. I just, I needed some help. Because I saw the hamburgers everywhere, but I don't understand where they came from. Was it was it a commentary on the shutdown, like that there's no one there to cook for them? Can you help me with the ham? I need just, before I have a hot take, I need just some help on the hamburgers. What I saw was the president making a comment that he was going to serve Burger King, Wendy's, and McDonald's because he assumed that would be everyone's favorite foods. No, no. So it wasn't even, I mean, I was halfway in on the shutdown argument, but it's just, he assumes everybody likes fast food? Seriously? Well. That was it? I think it might also be a disrespect to the athletes themselves. And a comment on toxic masculinity that, of course, football players want hamburgers. Oh, my God. But here's what I think. He, you know, this was a lose-lose because if they had rolled into lobster, that would have looked awful, too. You just need to not do these things during a shutdown. You need yeah. to say, sorry, football team. We will be delighted to have you back when things are normal again. But right now, there is no way to do this that is not going to look disrespectful to you and or disrespectful to our federal workers and or ridiculous to the United States. So let's just postpone. I mean, I think if they just done it and not just done it the way they'd always done it. Yes, there might have been some smirking on Twitter among the like political class about I can't believe he is having football players and serving the meals during a shutdown. But nobody else would have paid attention. The hamburgers made it a national story everybody, even outside of D.C., was paying attention to. Which lets you know that that's part of why he did it, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the fight he wants to have. Oh, look at the mm-hmm. elites who dis on Burger yep. King. It's 
putting it back in his turf, the place where he's comfortable, instead of a hard conversation about why are we really into almost a month of not having our government operational. And you know what I was thinking about one more quick lightning round thought on the shutdown is as I look around sort of Facebook, which is always, you know, a Petri dish to to examine, it is not the people on the left who are defensive about the government shutdown. I see so much defensiveness from his base of like, well, it's not that much money. And like they're on on stories that people are just posting about the impact of the shutdown. They pipe in and get defensive. It's not even like Trump is wrong for the shutdown. It's just, well, here's what's happening with the shutdown. And people and and particularly his base are so defensive and that he has to know that he's responding to that. I mean, he's he's got to be able to sense that on some level, I would think. I think this is the first time in his presidency that he's really had to accept the reality that when you build a candidacy and then a presidency around your personality, mm-hmm. at some point, you pay the bill. Yep. Because at some point, you cannot blame your rogue attorney general or mm. Lion James Comey or the media or crying Chuck Schumer, at some point, the bill is going to come due when you have said everything is really about me. And I think this is the one where people are starting to acknowledge, even people who love him, this is about him. Mm -hmm. I agree. We're going to take a short break and come back and transition to our policy introduction on House committees. Stay with us, y'all. This is five things we think you should know about the committees of the House of Representatives in preparation for Tuesday's episode about how that power is about to be exercised. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your Wild Grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, 
H-E-L-P.com slash Pansy. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So here we go. Here's our five things you need to know about committees in Congress. And here's the first thing, very important. If you want a law passed, it's got to go through a committee. That's just the long and short of it. Committees are what help organize this work of Congress in particular. So they shape the laws. They fight over the laws and committees. They hear evidence about laws and committees. There are about eight thousand bills that go to committee annually and fewer than 10 percent of them make it out for consideration on the floor. So standing committees do the legislative work. There are 20 on the House side, 16 on the Senate side, if you're interested in that. This is also where the investigative and oversight work gets done. The oldest committee is Ways and Means. It's been around since 1789. But these committees are such a big deal that they usually have a staff of about 68 people, which includes directors and lawyers and investigators, press secretaries, office managers, you name it. These committees are like little mini businesses living Mm -hmm. inside the chamber. So you have the standing committees, and then you also have special or select committees. And that's how they come together to study like a particular issue. For example, the new House just formed a select committee to research modernizing Congress and the technology they use. And that can't come soon enough. And then there are joint committees. So when the two branches, the House and the Senate, come together to look at something. And then there are conference committees. So if the House passes a version of Obamacare and then the Senate passes a kind of different version of Obamacare, the conference committees come together and work out their differences. The second thing that we want you to know is that Newt Gingrich had a lasting impact on the committee process. So Woodrow Wilson in 1885 said this about committees. I know not how better to describe our form of government in a single phrase than by calling it a government by the chairman of the standing committees of Congress. He also said Congress in session is Congress on public exhibition, whilst Congress in its committee rooms is Congress at work. This is the place where the governing is supposed to happen. There were some changes made to the ways that committees were configured. They were originally supposed to be temporary just to work on specific bills. They expanded hugely in the 19th century, were reorganized again during the Civil War and in the late 40s and 1970. And then along came Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. 
I feel like I told Beth the other day we need a bingo card where it's like Cheney, Gingrich, Watergate. And so when you line all three up, you get a bingo because I feel like these three are always at the center of something. So basically when Gingrich came in to power with the Contract for America, he made a lot of changes that really concentrated power in the speakership. So the first thing that they did only on the Republican side is that they limited the chairmanships to six years. So you're term limited at the top of these powerful committees. Whereas in, you know, in the early 20th century, even mid 20th century, you would have, that's how you sort of solidified your power. You stayed at these chairmanships for decades and decades. And he term limited it to six years. Now, they don't do this on the Democrat side. But last year, when you were seeing all these retirements, I think the narrative was often that, oh, these people are leaving because of the environment with Trump. But that's not necessarily true. A lot of people were term limited out at chairmanships. And so I think starting back over at the bottom of some of these committees was not appealing enough for the sort of burden that is being a congressperson. And so some of that was because they were term limited out of their committee ships. And so they decided not to run again. Which I'll insert, I think is not a bad thing. I, I think yeah. there's some wisdom in that change. But I think the problem is, too, that you lose expertise You lose people who understand how Congress works and how to get deals done. And you lose, you know, again, the House, especially once you eliminated term limits on chairmanships and appropriations and pork barrel spending like we're going to talk about later. I mean, like, why why am I doing this if I can't really get to a position of power to do things for my constituents? Because it's not a fun gig running every two years. But anyway, the other major change is how people are selected for committees. Previously, it was really driven by seniority, really driven by seniority. The longer you served in Congress, the longer you served on the committee, you moved up the ladder, and that's how you got to chairmanships. But what Gingrich did, and this was adopted by everyone, the the Democrats kept this when they came to power after him, was that it would be done by a steering committee of leadership appointees who made the picks not really based on how long you'd been there, but your fealty to leadership. So this made fundraising, political skills, and loyalty, really key traits that would move you towards a chairmanship. And we saw that in the news this week with Nancy Pelosi. She exacted some revenge towards Kathleen Rice, who had been opposed to her speakership. And so when Kathleen Rice was up for a position on judiciary, she didn't get it because um, Nancy Pelosi was in there pushing hard against it, and it wasn't just driven by seniority. So that was another major change. She also used her committee appointment powers to elevate some of the rising star voices in the Democratic parties. There are some freshman Democratic representatives with some very powerful positions right now. And so you really can see the lasting impact of this change today. And it's not necessarily that she appoints the people, but she appoints the people who pick the people. She appoints the steering committee. And that's how you really exert a lot of power. And I wonder, you know, as we've had conversations about the the power of party leaders in Congress and how that's really been a problem for particularly bipartisan compromise. I wonder if it was different before these changes, when the speakership was less powerful and the chairmanships were had more power on themselves and it was driven by seniority. You didn't have the speakers or the party leaders stepping in and ending you know, changes to war authorization or killing immigration compromises. So, I, I mean— I think there's a lot to think about with these changes. So the third thing is a good segue. The parties assign members to the committees. That's the third thing we want you to know. Members are typically limited to serving on two committees and four subcommittees, and there are some exceptions to that. But there's a steering committee for each party that makes an assignment, and then that has to be voted on by the full Democratic caucus or Republican conference. 
Before members are assigned the committees, each committee sign a proportion of Republicans to Democrats. So they 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 decide based on how big the majority party's majority is, how many seats they're going to get on each committee. The total number of committee slots allocated to each party is about the same as that ratio. And then members are assigned in a three-step process. So the two principal parties are responsible for assigning their members to committees. And at the first stage, they use a committee on committees to make recommendations. Well, and this is what makes me laugh is so often in my life, I read something, I'm like, oh, like sorority rush. And that's basically what this is. It is a, what do they call it in sorority? The dual dual preference. Like the, there's really not a dual preference. The committees aren't exerting a preference, but the leadership is. And then you have to, to match up the leadership's preference with the member's preference of committee. And it's basically the same process that we do with the sorority rush. That's right. Most of the incumbents want to stay on their same committees so that they don't lose seniority, as Sarah was talking about, and their expertise. The Committee on Committees do the match preferences with the slots, and they follow some guidelines that are supposed to keep the process fair. And then they prepare and approve a slate for each committee, and they submit that slate to the full caucus. So it very much is like Greek recruitment. Mm Mm-hmm. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered shower head purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. So the fourth thing we want you to know is that the most powerful committees deal with money, lots of it, and that's why those people want to be on those committees. Being on these committees helps you build expertise. It gets you political capital for re-election. There's huge gatekeeping authority. This is a place where you can control what goes on the agenda, as Sarah said, what gets to be voted on eventually. Ways and Means, then, is one of the most powerful committees because they write tax laws. And if you want to be a remembered congressional representative, you want to be on Ways and Means. More bills are referred to Ways and Means than any other committee. So it is a lot of gatekeeping authority. There's a lot of money at play when you're writing tax laws and other laws with regards to how to raise money in Congress. Used to, appropriations was the one everybody wanted to be in. But when they eliminated pork barrel spending, then, well, it didn't become as good. But when there are no more earmarks, they banned earmarks. So setting aside money for your district, well, then appropriations wasn't really the best committee to be on anymore. I will say that I learned that Texas Representative Kay Granger is going to be the first woman to serve as top Republican appropriator, so the first woman to serve as the top position as for Republicans on the Appropriations Committee. But Ways and Means is definitely the most one of the most powerful committee. And it's kind of small by congressional standards. There's only 39 members, 21 House speakers, eight presidents, and four Supreme Court justices have served on the Ways and Means Committee. So if you want to get on that one, it's not easy. You got to wait for somebody to retire or die. But (laughs) it's the oldest and one of the most powerful committees, so everybody wants on it. Energy and Commerce is also a very powerful committee because it oversees telecommunications, consumer protection, food and drug safety, environmental quality, the interstate system. I mean, it's a very – energy and commerce, if you think about it, encompasses a whole lot of what our legislature spends its time on. Just listen to the cabinets it oversees. Department of Energy, Health and Human Services, Commerce, Transportation, as well as the EPA, the Federal Trade Commission, the Food and Drug Administration, and the Federal Communications Commission. I would like to hopefully submit that maybe we should split this committee up. I'm just saying. I think that's a good idea. Financial services and appropriations, as Sarah has said, are also good committee appointments. House Oversight and Government Affairs is becoming more influential. It's corollary in the Senate. Because this is becoming a place where people kind of make a name for themselves. Lots of media attention, especially as our government has more to oversee. This is a good place to kind of make a name for yourself. It came in third in terms of its operating budget in 2013. So we're starting to see a lot of money and a lot of power there as well. 
And because these committees are handing out money, what I think is really interesting is you see that impact with the staff. So Open Secrets has this list of basically what they say revolving doors and which committees have the, the most revolving doors, meaning the most committee staff that goes and works as lobbyist or then works as a lobbyist and then joins the committee staff. And at the very top of that list is Ways and Means. It's like 200 people that have either been a lobbyist and a staffer or a staffer and then a lobbyist on that committee. So you can see with regards to like the power and particularly the money running through these committees and that list of how many staff people on those committees go and serve in the private sector and then revolve back and come back to the committee. And that's really the fifth takeaway here that this isn't just about what you can get done in Congress. Being on the right committee affects how much power you have and how much money you can raise for your reelection efforts. Not surprisingly, Ways and Means is also the most valuable committee for how much fundraising you can do. NPR and Planet Money did a really interesting study about how much you raise based on which committee you're on. And lawmakers on the Ways and Means Committee raise an extra $250,000 a year compared to the average congressman or woman. So I thought we could end with just a fun fact about women in committees. In 1871, Victoria Woodhull became the first woman to address a congressional committee, and she was flanked by Susan B. Anthony and Isabella Beecher Hooker, and she testified in the Judiciary Committee that the 14th and 15th Amendments implicitly grant women the right to vote. It just kind of gave me chills when I came across that little fact, especially because Jane came home from school this week having read a story about Susan B. Anthony, and she said, Mom... None of us realized that women couldn't always vote. We all felt so bad. Even the boys (laughs) felt bad about it. Even the boys felt bad. They should. (laughs) (laughs) Victoria Woodhill, also the first woman to run for president in the United States. She's a little wacky, that one, if you've ever read a biography of Barter, but she was pretty amazing for her time. Well, thank you for joining us for this Top 5 Facts. We hope to see a lot of you tonight in Washington, D.C. And on Tuesday, we will be back with our expanded conversation on the new committee chairs in the House and what we can expect for them and what that means for the administration. So until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. And thanks for making us sound better and smarter, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our production assistant which means we could not live without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you so much, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help make the show better. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Tracy Putoff, Tim Miller, Cherry Haas, Sarah's husband, Nicholas Holland, and my husband, Chad Silvers. Learn more about our live events that we're involved in and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with us and members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.